Welcome to the Proudly Imperfect podcast with your host, me, Courtney Wallbank, aka the Grow and Glow Coach, bringing you realness you can relate to, real conversations, real people, and I'm sure there'll be real fuck ups along the way. This is about accepting yourself for the hot, steamy mess you are and embracing your incredible imperfections. Subscribe if you love it, and I hope you like today's episode. Hello, Huns, and welcome back to another episode of the Proudly Imperfect podcast. Today, we have a wonderful guest who I know has so much to share on her journey with with anxiety. We've we followed each other for a while, like a quite quite a while actually, and it's been so amazing to watch her journey. And I know we have some some things in common when it comes to anxiety. So I'm excited to get stuck into how she moves through her own anxiety whilst, by the way, also being a mother. Um, I can't wait to get stuck into this one. Honestly, I feel so grateful that I get to connect with people all around the world um, doing what I do. So I'm ex- I'm really excited for this conversation. Please welcome the wonderful podcast host and all the way from, did you say you're in LA? Yeah, I'm in LA. <laughs> LA. Um, and please, please, you did tell me what I completely don't want to pronounce this wrong is it Myra Maria Maria there you go you got it Maria (laughs) Maria please welcome the wonderful Maria how are you I am doing good um excited to be on here I haven't been like a guest on a podcast in a while because I've just been so busy yeah yeah so um I'm really excited to kind of get back into it so if I fumble my words I'm sorry and (laughs) I'm a little you know it's a little rough on the edges but I hope I hope it all turns out well (laughs) honestly do not apologize everyone who listens to this podcast absolutely knows that I am the queen of fumbling my brain (laughs) works too works too fast for my Mm. mouth sometimes that is fine people are used to it who listen to this um <laughs> how's your podcast going by the way because I know do you do like how often do you do your episodes and stuff so I still do weekly okay um although just kind of during this crazy you know chaotic season of life I have had to skip like a few weeks just yeah, kind of here so. and there um but you know it, it's been going well um I you know I, I still enjoy it and I I feel that I got to a point where it's like okay now what am I supposed to talk about, right? Because it, yeah. it was fully just based off of anxiety. And now that my anxiety has sort of subsided, it's like, whoa, whoa well, what now. am I supposed to do now? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I feel that as of right now, I'm going through some sort of like existential like crisis, like identity crisis. Okay. So um, so I'm kind of just talking about that, you know, because it's all, it's all part of the healing journey, I yeah. guess. <laughs> 100%, 100%. I do want to kick things off like, with a bit before the podcast or a lot before the podcast depending on on how much you want to share but how did the podcast come about so first of all tell everyone kind of what your podcast is about and how did you get to that point like how did you decide to embark on this journey learn more about your anxiety and kind of take back that power um so my podcast is called mothering anxiety and Although, you know, it is sort of geared towards mothers, it's more so geared towards learning to mother and learning to love your anxiety, because Mm -hmm. that's the only way that you're going to be able to, like, overcome it, right, is to just accept that you have it. And just kind of be like, all right, this is this is me, this is with me for now. And I'm just 
going to learn to embrace it. Mm -hmm. So that was just kind of where it started. Um, And it was actually my husband who pushed me into doing a podcast Okay. Because he was like, you know, he's like, you have a lot to say. <laughs> he's like, so say it, right? And I'm like, you know, for me, it was like the imposter syndrome. I was like, but who's going to listen to me? Like, who's who's going to care, right? Uh, but surprisingly, quite a few people ended up caring. Um, and, you know, like you said, like, it's, it's so great that you're able to, like, connect with people in different, mm. you know, parts of the world. And I've had on mine, you know, I have guests from England, from Ireland, from India, you know, so it's been so good to be able to share my story mm. um, and just kind of like, you know, my whole healing journey process. I've been doing it for over three years now, you know, and it's been like ups and downs and ups and downs. And, you know, if you listen to the episodes, it's like sometimes on a, I'm on a really high high and I'm like, I got this, you know, my anxiety has nothing on me. And then yeah. it's like a few weeks later, it's like, oh no, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm drowning again, you know, but um, I think it's really important for people to see, you know, the rawness of like what it, what it's like to be dealing with anxiety. So um yeah, um, I, I'm really proud of where I am today. <laughs> it's taken me, you know, a little bit of time, but, um, you know, I'm kicking anxiety's butt. So that's love that. that. <laughs> I love that. And I absolutely love because I think we're very similar in the in the way we kind of approach it. So obviously a lot of people go with like experience anxiety and they feel like, oh, I've got to get rid of it. I've got to get rid of it. And that only makes you feel more anxiety, right? But I love it. Right how you say like mothering anxiety and kind of changing that kind of relationship and learning to love yourself with it. Like I, I approach it from a, we've got to make friends with it. We've got, yeah. we've got, to, we've got to understand it. Like how would you treat a friend? You'd get to know them. You would understand them. You'd know what they're about rather than trying to get rid of them all the time. We'd, we'd work right. to understand it. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like creating a relationship with anxiety is, much more powerful than going, right, what do I need to do right now to completely get rid of it? Yeah, um, you know, and sometimes you have to call it out, you know? you Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to be like, nope, I don't have time for you today. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're not doing this today. Um, I, I tend to do that a lot, especially as a mom, you know? Like Sundays, mm-hmm. I, don't have, I don't have time to panic and worry <laughs> right now, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, I'll, I'll worry about you later. Like, when, you know, when everyone goes to bed and I'm by myself, I'll worry about it then. <laughs> and how did it used to show up for you then so before you started doing this work how like what what did your anxiety actually look like um so the first time I noticed that I had anxiety so this would be like general uh you know anxiety disorder would be um it was I started waking up with like horrible jaw pain okay and this was because I was like clenching my jaw uh, while I was sleeping mm. right so I so I had this jaw pain and then it was just like almost just like feeling scared 24 7 is what it was mm. um, and so then I went to a doctor and I was like what what is going on like why am I feeling like 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 terrified almost it was you know and so you know she was like oh I, you know this is what anxiety is like and I was like okay um, but you know I, I did go to therapy Um, and I just got discharged back in, I think it was at the beginning of June and, you know, just talking to a therapist, Mm. it turns out that I've kind of had anxiety all of my life. (laughs) Um, but it was only like at that point where like, I kind of physically noticed it. Um, but it was more so just like dealing with social anxiety. Um, as I was younger, just based 
based off of, you know, just childhood and how I was raised and what was, you know, expected of me. So that kind of just changed into social anxiety, which the social anxiety aspect of my anxiety, I'm still trying to work on. (laughs) But, you know, just like, you know, the anxiety attacks, the panic attacks, like all that, that is what I've, you know, kind of had under have under control now. So and with the, your anxiety, I'm just intrigued because I like I'm the same. I didn't realize that I'd had anxiety pretty much. When I look back, like it's so obvious to me now in certain situations when I was younger, but I just thought that was the norm. And you just brush it off, don't you? You're like, oh, everyone feels mm-hmm. today, blah, blah, blah. And then it got to a point where I, I like couldn't function. I couldn't leave the house. Like I was li- not going to see friends and... I couldn't even look in the mirror at one point. And that was the point where I was like, oh shit, like something is actually wrong. What what was your like line in the sand moment of, oh shit, like this needs to get sorted? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, it's kind of been years, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but I think like just most recently. So, you know, when I, when I was diagnosed with, anxiety then it was like okay and I think at that point I want to say I was too young to understand what it could do to my life going on yeah um and I you know yeah I kind of you know like you said like I kind of just like brushed it off but it, it wasn't until I had my daughter where I realized like oh my goodness like if I don't have this under control right now like I'm gonna give her anxiety right like like I'm gonna pass this on to her or I'm not gonna be able to function as a mother like you know because sometimes you know like you said when you have anxiety it was like you you can't function you you know you don't want to see anyone you can't get out of bed you can't you know do this stuff and I couldn't I couldn't do that once I became a mother like I couldn't just have my days where I was like I'm done (laughs) you know (laughs) like and so it, it was like a moment where I was super anxious and like I yelled at my daughter and I was like oof yeah like no I you know the, that's not her problem right that that's a my issue mm. and that was kind of like the biggest turning point and that's kind of where I started this whole you know healing journey and you know the podcast and like everything just kind of came came on because I was like I that's not fair to her you know yeah I mean that is amazing to know that you're <laughs> In a way, you got your daughter's like gifted you that, gifted you that like oh, yeah. moment. <laughs> I bet you're so grateful. Oh yeah, I mean it. You know, it, it's been it's been rough, and and you know, I'm not perfect. Some days I'm you know I'm still yelling at her or my son or whatever. <laughs> you know, um, some days it still gets to me, but um, yeah, I'm very grateful. Um, you know, it, it was just one of those things where I didn't realize like how much like built up trauma I had. Yeah, until yeah. I had my daughter, and then it was like oh my goodness, like this is, you know, this is horrible. And it, and it just unraveled so much crap. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? Like, how, how could you, you know, it was one of those moments where it was like, how can you treat a child this way? How can you do yeah. this to them? How can you yell at them? And then it was like, I never want to do that with my own children, like ever. So. And you yeah. know, what? you've literally <laughs> just like, I've, at the bottom of like the little topic things to keep my mind, like to remember one thing that I do want to say in the podcast you know when you started this healing journey and obviously you have children does the thought cross your mind because I've not got kids yet but 
because I've been doing this work and because I've doing been doing a lot of trauma healing and I experienced a lot of things when I were younger, does a part of you worry that you're going to like not pass stuff on to them, but like, are you worried about what you say around them? Are you like hyper aware? Are you hyper aware of like who they spend their most time with? Because I know in my head, I'm a bit like, when I have children, I want to make sure that like, I'm as calm as I can be. I'm as the best I can be at emotionally regulating myself. And like, just because I know the amount of things that have passed on to me. I don't know. I always think about it. I want to say that there was a point where I was extremely cautious of what I was like saying to her or how I was responding to her. Um, But to be honest, I feel that that made me more anxious. Yeah. And then I feel like she didn't get like, the real me or like the true me not saying that I'm you know yelling all the time or you know or or passing on you know all this stuff but I felt that I wasn't like in a sense like able to love her how I wanted to because I was just like tiptoeing over like what do I say and what do I do um but I think you just you kind of get to a point where you know because because most of the times like your children are triggering because of something that's happened to you in your past right Mm -hmm. so you kind of get to a point where those things don't trigger you anymore okay so you're able to give like your children you know what it is that you want but that's not to say that you know at some point or another or in some way shape or form like I'm not going to traumatize my own kids like I'm pretty sure that I am (laughs) like we're we're, you know we're we're human and you know we're gonna make mistakes and stuff but for me what gave me validation was like as long as I know that I am doing better than those who raised me Mm. then I'm on the right track yeah and I think that's when the thought has crossed my mind because I'm getting to that age now where I'd say in the next maybe six seven years I probably will have a child and I've obviously had those thoughts but then I've thought you know what like every human being on this planet is doing the best that they can and we are doing this work and even that is going to have an, a positive impact on them, you know, because we're going to be able to mm-hmm. pass down our knowledge. Like, because mm-hmm. my mum and dad, don't know about you, didn't know a thing about anxiety or regulating emotions or trauma healing. And obviously that's why they passed down what they did. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just kind of accepting that you're not perfect and your imperfections are probably going to be passed down in some way. But as long mm-hmm. as they know that they're powerful enough to do the work that you're doing, then when they as they grow they'll be able to heal their own shit <laughs> within time right right <laughs> um you know and for me like a big thing is um like apologizing to her okay um my son is is one so he has no idea what's going on <laughs> right now but my daughter you know she's five and she you know she understands a bit more so a big thing for me that I know is a huge difference from what like my parents and my grandparents did um is I like when I do lash out or when I do, you know, know that I didn't respond in the most caring way. I'm Mm. like, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said it that way, or I shouldn't have said that. Or I, you know, and I think that creates, um, sort of like a a different kind of bond. And it's, it's funny because just like a few weeks ago, I was talking to someone and she said, she's, she's an adult now. And she's like, the one thing I remember my parents doing was always apologizing when they did something wrong. And I was like, okay, so maybe I'm on the right track because yeah. sometimes I feel like I'm not. <laughs> um, so, 
Yeah. And honestly, like just the fact that you're thinking about not wanting to pass on what was passed on to you already makes you a better parent, even Mm. if you're not one just yet. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. And I think what you just said there, like, it's just so true about the apology thing. That really kind of made me think because I don't think I can remember my parents apologizing to people. Oh, no. (laughs) I want to think about it. Or at least not like a like a sincere, genuine yeah. apology, right? It was more like just an apology to get you to like stop sure. crying or stop talking. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Mad. Because it's because that's like a a way to like validate what they're feeling, right? And validate mm-hmm. kind of their experience by when you like owning your shit when you know that you've actually have evoked emotion that didn't need to be evoked or you've done something to make you know then owning your shit like I think yeah that's like really hit me in the face that like that's never I had never experienced that (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) no no in a good way in a good way way. um you know what I'm just give me two seconds my little your mac will fall asleep soon is just I'm just gonna plug this in really fast okay (laughs) We are literally the Proudly Imperfect podcast for a reason. Things are like <laughs> hot mess vibes all the time. We love it. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So in terms of your social anxiety, you mentioned that, you know, that still creeps up a little bit in the present. How does, how does that show up in the present? Uh, you know, honestly, I know it's a bit ironic because I do have a podcast and <laughs> obviously I'm on yours, like yeah. speaking, right? Um, I still have a, like a problem speaking up in public okay. settings. Um, I just, you know, a really big thing for me with my social anxiety is always the fear of like feeling or like saying something dumb or like people assuming that I'm dumb or mm-hmm. something. Um, which, you know, with my therapist, we tried to kind of backtrack and figure out where that came yeah. from. We couldn't really figure it out, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I still, I mean, cause social anxiety is the fear of judgment of others. Yeah. And so I still, you know, fear that, like, I still feel that I overanalyze everything, like even down to like what I'm wearing. Like if I go out in public, like what I'm wearing, it's like, what are people going to think of my outfit? Right. Um, but it's something that I'm trying really hard to work on because, you know, I do have kids and I don't want my kids to grow up feeling self-conscious. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want them feeling like, Oh, um, you know, if if my mom feels weird wearing this, like maybe I shouldn't wear this, you know? Um, so tough. It's tough. Uh, My daughter so far shows no signs of social anxiety. She, you know, is the most confident person I've ever met Uh in my life. (laughs) Um, so, you know, I, you know, I, I try and, I try and mask it as much as I can, but I know at one point or another, she's going to be like, mom, uh, are you okay? <laughs> so maybe at that uh, point though, that's when you truly will start to not give, like when she calls you up in it, maybe that she'll, again, she'll be the one that does the, the mean, line maybe. in the sand moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I need that. Maybe I need her to grow up a little bit. Like, mom, <laughs> stop caring what other people think. And it's like, okay, okay. <laughs> so what things are you doing at the moment? You said like you're working on it. Like what things would you, would you do? Like as you go out in social situations and how do you kind of try to re- rework that in your mind at the minute? Um, I mean, I, 
I do try and speak more, mm. um, you know, when I'm out. And it's funny because I just recorded an, an episode about this and I was talking about how like when I do talk, I can feel my face like just burning up and it just like I can I know that it's bright red even though I can't see my own face um but you know slowly just trying to push myself more you know my my therapist did say like exposure therapy like you just have to kind of go out there and do it like you know no matter what so for me it's just you know trying to speak more when I'm around people um and honestly like a big thing for me is just like clothing wise and like what I wear um, and it's, it's more of like, I'm just going to put on this outfit and not overthink it and not go look in the mirror and like, you know, pick at every, you know, insecurity or every flaw that I see myself with and just walk out the door. And once I'm out, like, there's no going back, there's no changing, there's nothing yeah. I can do. Um, it's just little bits like that. As of right now, that's kind of the only way that I figured out how to, yeah. Kind of works through it. Is, it so. I think that is the best way though. It's like knowing that when you're feeling that, when you're feeling those fears and those anxieties, you can take the action and still kind of bring yourself back to calm and bring yourself back to peace as you're taking that scary action. Is it more of is it more of an appearance thing, do you think, with you? Like appearance anxiety, or is it, you know, like because you mentioned with your clothes and stuff? Um, you know. It, like it, it could be so for a really long time I thought that I had body dysmorphia disorder um but once we kind of you know talked through it with my therapist she just said that I have really severe social anxiety mm. um and I I don't know why I haven't quite figured out why like the clothing like it like affects me so much yeah. uh, and quite frankly it's kind of annoying <laughs> yeah. um but, you know, I want to say it kind of goes back to, you know, I was bullied a lot for the way that I looked when I was like yeah. in middle school. Okay. Um, I was also in like a very verbal and emotional, emotionally abusive relationship where this person would kind of pick at what I was wearing and stuff. Mm. So I think that like kind of has a lot to do with it and kind of where it yeah. stems from also. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you experience something like that it's definitely going to have an effect on you in the present I only ask as like a big a big like way my anxiety kind of shown up when things got really really bad was I couldn't look in the mirror and like I'd look in the mirror and all my focus would be on was everything that was horrible about my appearance and then it got to the point where I was getting anxiety before I got anxiety. I don't know if you've experienced this. Like, Oh, yeah, that's when, me right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. When you know that you're about to go thinking. into... Yeah. yeah, when you go about yeah. to go in certain situations <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I normally get anxiety here. But then you start getting anxiety before the situation. Mm-hmm. So then, and then you make up the conversations in your head or at least that's something that I do. <laughs> yeah, well, it was like the conversation for me because it wasn't so more social. It was more it was more like looking at seeing myself. So I would think, oh, I'm going to have these thoughts when I look in the mirror. Like it was, it was absolutely like now I honestly have got to a point where I just do not experience anxiety. The only, the only thing, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast that I feel anxiety around is my job. <laughs> like is, <laughs> is, is, is coaching. But I know it's just because I want it. I want to, I get where I want to be so bad. Right. But in terms of like, 
a parent's anxiety that no longer exists because I think the biggest realization for me was that what I look like is such a small percentage of who I am. And I started to bring attention to like all of the evidence that I am an incredible person. And like, I just want to say to you, first off, look at what you're doing. Like you are helping (laughs) so many people. Like what you wear is like a 0.00001% of the amazing human you are. And that's just that, like me bringing attention to that every single day. Like it took a lot of conscious, like awareness and energy at first. But if you do that every day, I promise you that will help 100%. Well, thank you. Thank you for coaching. Thank you for the amazing coaching that you're doing to me right now. (laughs) It's so Um, true though. I think it's so like, it's so sad. And is it like when you think about all the incredible things that we do as human beings? And I was actually like thinking about this the other day. Have you ever heard of mirror meditation? No. So it's, it's basically meditation where you stare at yourself in the mirror, (laughs) basically, and you don't break eye contact. And it's, it's, don't get me wrong. Like it is quite daunting at first and uncomfortable as fuck, especially Mm -hmm. if you experience things like we have and do, but honestly, it's amazing. And when I was doing it the other day, it was like, I had this huge realization that the person who I was looking at in the mirror wasn't the person experiencing the meditation. And what I mean by that is like, I was looking at, my body, my parents, and but the person who was actually experiencing the meditation was so much more, so much more. Like your body and your appearance is is just so I don't want to say minor, because it it's a vehicle to experience life, right? Your body. But the way you look is just so small compared to the incredible impacts that you have on the world. And I think that focus point changes everything. Because no matter what anybody says, say if you go out in a fucking, I don't know, just looking like you have literally just woke up out of bed, like hair up here, tracksuits <laughs> up to your waist up here, food all over <laughs> you, whatever. If you go out looking like that and someone has something to say about it, you can just be like, yeah, but look at all these incredible things that I'm doing to impact the world and myself and my children and all of those things, right? And that be that just for me, it just overcomes anything to do with your appearance. You're giving me a lot to uh, to think <laughs> about here. <laughs> I can't um, help myself. I cannot. Yeah, no, no, but that, you know, that's good. You know, like, it, it just, I don't even know. Like, you're right. No, like, it's so dumb. Like, it's just like, why does what I'm wearing, like, define who I am, right? Like, mm. I'm not my t-shirt that I'm yeah. wearing right now, you know, like I'm not, you can't see, but I'm wearing just like my pajama shorts right now. Yeah. Cause I'm just, you know, sitting down like I'm, I'm not that. Um, so. But as well, as well, I think <laughs> it's like, I also, when I was like, cause I've done it, I do it like a quite a lot, the mirror meditation. And then I started looking at things that were actually like really different about me that, I like about my body. Like, yes, we're not just our appearance, but also like, I think every single human being on this planet is is absolutely beautiful. Like you are gorgeous. You're gorgeous. You are. 
And I just think like, how mm-hmm. do you feel when I say that, by the way? Do you make, does it make you feel? Oh, very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> or just like, you know. Yeah. Just it's it's mad, isn't it? Like I, yeah, I, when, yeah. when I like when I have a session with with like clients and we're talking about a parent because it comes up a lot. I work with a lot of women who kind of I think it's because obviously I went through the same and they they've seen my journey. Um, but it's so mad when when you pay a woman a compliment, especially on her appearance, it's like you can see her instantly kind of her energy just go and like mm-hmm. close in. Mm-hmm. Like work on that girl, embrace it. You fit. You're I gorgeous. <laughs> I know it, but oh, it's just it's so bad. Like even like when my husband, you know, my my husband, the man who decided to marry me to be with me forever. <laughs> like even when like I'll catch him like you know looking at me, and I'm just like, what are you looking at? And he's just like, I can't just like stare at you. He's like, you're beautiful, and I'm just like, okay, you know, <laughs> like I can't even take my own husband's compliments. <laughs> so how can you I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going how can you moving forward from today start to like fully embody and accept any compliment that he's thrown your way um taking it with a grain of salt no I'm kidding (laughs) um (laughs) see it's so bad um this is what I'm still trying to you know to work on it's it's ridiculous like I feel that this should be like the easiest right like you would think that like dealing with anxiety and being able to like you know kick anxiety in the butt like would Mm. be the hardest thing but it's like no like this is what I'm still struggling with like I don't I don't understand but um you know you are right I think it's because what you've got the you've got the like like you say you don't have the anxiety attacks you don't have the panic attacks like that's that's not a thing anymore because you've managed to like regulate your body so you know Mm. how to deal with like the like what do you call it the the physical physical symptoms yeah Yeah. and obviously you've you've gone through so much healing which has that's helped so much as well but like I think you probably still experience these thoughts because these are beliefs that you've probably held for such a long time oh for sure 100 (laughs) percent. and obviously they're not you and it's but also what I want to say is it's absolutely not ridiculous or stupid or mad. Like it's just normal. Like, and it is, does take time. And I think, you know, with anything, I bet healing your anxiety took some time. I bet, you know, all of these things that you've achieved, they, it takes time. Right. And I think mm-hmm. it's just knowing to have that compassion for yourself as well. Like it's, yeah. it's not stupid or it is just a matter of time until you look in the mirror and you're like, yep. yeah yeah um I mean I know it sounds bad but you know I have I have gotten better um Mm. it used to be a lot worse yeah um but you know it's just it's just kind of like being like this this is me you know take it or leave it and Mm. just kind of working through that (laughs) and trying to go through that so yeah. it's a work in progress but, but Good. I'm getting that's there amazing. yeah and like yeah. <laughs> thanks for evidence that it's not as bad as it used to be you know that's amazing so boundaries I wanted to get on to boundaries mm-hmm. um when you said like you 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 got better with boundaries when we were talking about topics and stuff was it that you was more of a, a like a people pleaser was it that or was it uh definitely a people pleaser um it was like I just allowed everyone to like walk all over me. 
Right. I just like I I whatever anyone would say, it would be like, okay. And then it was almost like I would like embrace whatever they would say and like about mold you? myself. Or about this, yeah, like okay. Oh, like about me, right, or about any situation or anything. Mm. And uh, it was almost like I would just mold myself to be that person that they like perceived me to be. Right. Um, and that, you know, that was hard because it, it took me a really long time for me to realize like that, like, it's okay for me to just like even say no, or like, it's okay for me to stand up for myself. It's okay for me to, you know, put my foot down. Um, and like, even when I did do it, I felt that I still felt a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. And it was like, it was almost like a whole like grieving process that I went through because it was like, oh, you know, now this person thinks this of me, right? But I'm not that person. Like, I'm not a bad person. I'm not, you know, a horrible person. It's just that I can't allow them to talk to me this way or to treat me this way. Um, And that was like, honestly, that was part of the reason why I started going to therapy this time around was because I felt such shame and guilt and I guess I can kind of tell the backstory um I was pregnant with my son Mm. um and right before we had like right when at the beginning of my pregnancy we had an incident with my mother-in-law uh where she decided to say some not very nice things about me publicly Mm. and so you know my husband was like hey that's not okay You, you know you can't be saying that and so she basically was like, I'm out. <laughs> like, I, I'm out of, you know, I'm out of your lives yeah. and stuff. And so we never got to tell her that I was pregnant. And that, like, I had so much guilt over that because yeah. it was like, oh my gosh, like how, how does, you know, a grandparent not know that, you know, they're going to have another grandchild. And I had such bad, like guilt over it. And so it was one of the reasons why I started to go to therapy because it was like, am I am I doing something wrong right like am I doing something wrong and keeping this from someone like such a big deal right and um, you know I have to talk to my therapist like the one thing she said was like actions have consequences and this is a consequence of her action Mm. and so at that point it was like okay and that, you know, I did feel better, but you know, that the shame and that guilt was still a little bit there. But, you know, after having my son and everything, it was like, you know what, like, you know, my therapist was right. I'm <laughs> like, she, you know, she didn't deserve to be a part of this if she, you know, wanted to be mean I, and rude and, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And so now I don't feel, um, you know, shame or guilt or anything. I know that the way that things played out was exactly how they were supposed to play out. So and how but, like would, it's rough. would you say that was like a big confidence booster in setting other boundaries elsewhere like because that's quite a big that's quite a big boundary to set from going yeah. to like letting people walk all over you to then sticking to that to that boundary that's pretty huge <laughs> um yeah you know like I said it took me a really long time to accept that that was okay yeah. <laughs> um and but now I don't know like I think just like, how would I put this? Like, just seeing like, like the joy that we had, like in our lives and like that anxiety that I had, like prior, like just being gone because I was able to say like, no, Mm. like helped so much. Cause it was like, wow, like this is what life 
feels like, or this is what happiness feels like, right? Yeah. When you don't have people that are just constantly putting you down mm. or, you know, people that are, you know, that give you anxiety, like are always like around, like, wow, like this is, this is how it feels. Like this feels good. Um, and my therapist gave me an analogy where she was like, okay, this is your house. She's like, and then there's a fence around it. And outside is like, the thorn bushes and inside you have your pretty roses and your pretty sunflowers and she's like are you gonna allow those thorn bushes to come and destroy everything that you've created and I'm like well no and she's like you know exactly <laughs> so um yeah it was it was just like seeing how much at ease I was just within myself like not having the people that kind of brought me down um, definitely like reassured me that like okay it's okay to say no or it's okay to set these boundaries it's okay to you know kind of have people out of your life or limited you know into your mm. life as well did that allow you to set boundaries elsewhere then so have you been able to like in other situations have you been able to kind of assert your whatever in them situations as well I want to say that like I started slowly setting boundaries before that. And oh, that wow. was like, yeah. And like that one was the biggest one where it was like, okay, like I need to do this in order to feel some sort of peace in my life. Um, and, you know, it did take a, a few months to get over the shame and the guilt and, you know, just having, and then after the birth of my son, it was like, okay, you know what? I was honestly worried or I felt guilty over like nothing. <laughs> yeah so yeah but you know it, it was hard <laughs> and I think that's it like it's another big thing that comes up with clients and, and I'm sure everyone who's listening will absolutely resonate with the fact that sometimes it's easy to set boundaries with like at work or with people that you don't really know but when it comes to like setting boundaries with family members it doesn't make you a mean person it doesn't make you selfish it doesn't mean that you know they're necessarily going to hate you and it's not always like to the extreme of you know they don't want to be in your life it might just be you saying that you don't people get really worried about even saying things like look I don't appreciate you speaking to me about xyz or speaking to me like that like a lot of people won't have those conversations with people that are close to them like friends or family members but I think that anal anal I can't even say it analogy yeah analogy Uh yeah is (laughs) See, tripping up over my words is perfect <laughs> because it's so right like you are so within your right to not allow anybody into your little garden of peace basically mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, um <clears throat> oh sorry was you gonna say something oh I I was just gonna say um you know I I had first like set the boundaries um you know with with my within my own family um, and that was just kind of what's helped me start this whole healing journey. Cause it's like that thing where it's like, you, you can't heal in the same environment that keeps hurting mm. you or, or whatever that, whatever that yeah, is. So <laughs> um, so I kind of had to put like a pause on my own family and, you know, I, I went through this, this whole journey for two years. And then after that, it was like, you know what? Okay. I think that I am strong enough and, and confident enough in myself to know that I can have a relationship with these people, but to be able to set the boundaries of the like, okay, but you can't do this and you can't mm. talk to me this way and you can't do that. Um, 
And how did you, you know, feel in yourself after you actually communicated those and like set those boundaries? Did that make you like realize how much, how powerful you are and how much you actually love yourself? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it just, it showed me how, like, it showed me the lack of confidence that I had before that, mm. you know, and, and it made me realize like how much I have grown as a person because I was finally able to just like stand up for myself. Right. Like to, to finally be like, no, we're not doing that. Or like, yeah. no, we're not, you know, we're not going to get to that. Um, and, and someone who, you know, is who still wants to be in your life. I'm going to say this is, is going to be receptive of your boundaries. They're going to be like, okay, and respect that. And and the people that show no respect for you and the people that benefit from you not having any boundaries are the ones that are going to attack you for setting those boundaries, right? And to make you look like the bad person for, you know, whatever it is that you're putting a stop to. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's and then it's a matter of, you know, if you set this boundary and those people continue to disrespect them then it's on you like your your it's then your responsibility for the way that you feel because you're still allowing that person it then it's right, down to you to right. distance yourself right but right oh yeah I struggled with that also yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 my therapist would you know she'd be like you know this you know just kind of in terms of my my mother-in-law I can go on about her but <laughs> um you know, she was like, you know, she's not in your life anymore, but you're still angry. So like, you're still allowing her to control mm-hmm. you and control your emotions. And at that point I was like, holy crap, like, I don't know, you know, like I already, <laughs> she's not in my house anymore. Like, so she shouldn't allow to still make me feel angry and stuff. And so that was a huge revelation for me. You know, it's, it's like, you, you know, your, your mind, your thoughts are a lot power, more powerful than you think, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you keep telling yourself, I feel sick, I feel sick, I feel sick, you're going to feel sick, right? Yeah. So if you keep telling yourself like, I'm, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry, then you're going to hold like that bitterness like in your heart, right? And you're not going to find that peace, but it's not until you finally are just like, you know what, this person did that. I said, that's not okay. And if they're not accepting of that, well, that's on them. I'm over here yeah in my little sunflower garden in my little peace garden (laughs) yeah and um and and that's that I think it's also important to note though as well that like people who are trying people who do respect your boundaries they are human beings as well so because I've had it Mm -hmm. before where I've like mentioned something and then yes they might do it again but you can tell that they're trying so I'm like okay three three kind of if you can tell that they're trying I've got like three three times I'll repeat myself not necessarily repeat myself but set my boundary again because I think you can tell when someone's respecting it and trying but people can't just change their behaviors just like that as well right we're all learning we're all growing and you can't expect people just to change like that but I think if you can see someone who's genuinely trying and genuinely cares but like instead of someone who is completely disrespecting and doesn't give a shit and is not even listening to what you're saying. Yeah. I think there's like a big right. I think that was so, you know, once I came back in contact with um, you know, my family, with my mom specifically, um, you know, I, I went through like another grieving process because I realized like, oh, she hasn't changed. Right. And then, you know, and then it was just me needing to change my mindset where it was like, okay, I took the last two years to work on myself. And it's extremely selfish of me to assume that she did the same thing. Yeah. And so, you know, it, 
it, it took me a while to just kind of process that through my head. Right. And, you know, we, we talked and then, you know, for a little bit, things got a little rough. And then finally, like we talked again, but you know, this time we, I want to say for the first time, like ever, we had like a true like conversation over like, Hey, you know, she was able to communicate her feelings and I was able to communicate mine. And we were like, you know what, we're just, we're not going to let this get as bad as it used to before, you know, but it took, you know, me two years to be able to get to that point where, you know, I, I respected, I don't want to say that I didn't respect my mom, but where I was able to see her as like a human being, like also living life for the very yeah. first time, you know? Um, and, you know, that's, I feel like that's where people get like trapped, where people get trapped in like this victim mentality where it's just like, poor me, poor me, poor yeah, me. You they know? should but, treat me like this and they should have been a better mom and they should have, it's like. Right, right. And I mean, and I was there, I was there for a really long time. But then after a while, it was like, that, that doesn't get me anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is that me thinking that way is what is preventing me from feeling true peace. Yeah. So it wasn't until like, I just let that go where I was like, you know what, mom? you cool. <laughs> it's fine, you know, but, you know, and, you know, set your boundaries there. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, it's, I it's, it's a work in progress over yeah. our relationship, but it's better. <laughs> I was the same with my dad. Like I, me and my dad have been, was on off speaking for like five years at one point. And I, it was like the anger that I and resentment that I held towards him was like literally a part of my identity. I think without mm-hmm. that, I didn't know who I was because I'd spent so much of like my time, especially my teenage years, just holding so much against him kind of thing. It was a part of who I was. And then I just got to the point one day where I was like, God, this is draining. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. It's exhausting. Yes, it's hard, yeah. it's hard to let go, <laughs> but fuck me. Carrying that around so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, that image. I don't know if you've seen that image, but it's like someone holding on to a tight rope. Mm. And it's like, it's only your hand that's like, you know, in pain. Yeah. And the other person is just there, you know? So it's <laughs> like, you're, you're literally the only one causing yourself that. And, and it's so hard. Like when, you know, when someone is so stuck there and you tell them like, you know, it's it's you. You're the one still angry. Um, you know, people get so mad at that, but it's the truth. You know, like <laughs> you're the only one who has the power to um, let it go. <laughs> so yeah. So I want to kind of get into before we finish quickly. How the fuck do you find the time to work on yourself with having two kids? <laughs> um. <laughs> I want some tips when I become a mom. So I love this yeah. work, love working on myself, but Jesus, I can only just about find the time now. You know, it's, <laughs> I'm like trying to think of like, what do I do throughout the day? <laughs> I don't even know. Um, for me, I, you know, I have a very supportive spouse. Yeah. Who, you know, when I need the time, he will give me the time. I mean, he works, um, a lot he works anywhere from like 66 to like 72 hours a week so it's just kind of me and the kids pretty much all the time by myself but um the times that he is here he gives me the time like he will let me nap if I need to take a nap yeah um or he will clean or cook if he just sees that you know things are, are a mess over there and my brain is a mess um so that definitely helps me a lot but 
you know, it's it's very therapeutic spending time with your kids as well, but like fully engaging with your children, like not like just sitting there scrolling on your phone while they're, you know, playing and stuff. It's like, no, like sitting there with them and like actually playing with them and having fun with them. Like, at least for me, that's very therapeutic in a child work. Oh, a hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that. I'm like, it's like (laughs) me playing with them is healing, you know, my own inner child because I don't like, I don't remember people playing with me you know um but I don't know you just you just kind of find the time Um, my kids go to bed fairly early so I get a good like hour two hours to myself Mm. um sometimes it's me reading a book sometimes it's me journaling sometimes it's me you know stretching exercising um sometimes it's me just like binge watching Netflix on TV you know whatever it is although I don't have a good show right now but you know (laughs) you just you find those little moments and um you know for me also it's like having community I have you know good friends that I can talk to that I can vent to if I need to as well Mm. um and then just like going out on play dates where it's like, we're just going to let our kids run around and we're just going to sit here and talk for a mental break <laughs> for just a second. So um, you you figure it out. Like you just, yeah. it, it's hard to explain, but like you you figure it out. I was, I went to Disneyland um, like a few months ago with both kids and in the elevator as we were going home. So we're all you know tired and exhausted. There was one mom with her one baby and she's just like, how do you do it with two kids? She's like, because right now she's like, I'm dying with just one. And I'm like, <laughs> I was, I literally was like, I'm just in survival mode right now. <laughs> like, I'm just like, get the kids to the car, get drive safely home, you know? But, you know, I told her, I was like, you just kind of figure it out. Like as you go, you just kind of figure it out. So sorry if I don't have better tips, but no, I just, think it's once so you're funny. in it, you figure it out. <laughs> because I think a lot of people as well, like even people without kids and a lot, I know a lot of my kind of space don't have kids yet. Even they struggle to find the time to to put themselves for, I mean, I know when you have kids, you don't put yourself first. They are always first, but you've still got to find that time to prioritize yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think if someone with two children can find the time to prioritize themselves, someone who does not have any children and is probably choosing things that don't serve them above things that will can absolutely find the time to create to you know to prioritize themselves there's absolutely no excuses if you can do it with two kids any fucking body the harsh truth yes you know stop endlessly scrolling on instagram that doesn't help anyone or anything you know but granted i mean there are times where i've done that too like during that time i'm like "Eh," you know (laughs) um but uh yeah you know the you just you if this is one thing that someone told me where it's like if it's really important to you you'll find the time to do it Mm. and uh, if if it's if it's worth it to you you will find the money to do it right oh that too (laughs) Um, you know, like, you know, for me, like I, you know, I enjoy working out. Um, it's the one thing that keeps me sane and, um, I will just put on music for my son because he likes to listen to music while my daughter is in school. He's listening to music. He has his toys around and I'm working out in my living room, you know, 
Um, and yeah, he'll stop me from time to time because he wants yeah. this or he wants that. But you just you get it done. Like, yeah. you know, if it's that important to you, you will get it done. And, um, you know, eating good, don't eat processed junk <laughs> uh, and sleep. Sleep. Yeah. I know people are like, but you have kids. How do you sleep? I take naps with my son. <laughs> like When he goes down for a nap, I go down for a nap, too. Um so yeah, just, you know, finding the little things and finding time for yourself and you just, you figure it out. Do you think having children has made it a little bit harder to do things for yourself or do you think it's pushed you forward to to be a better human for yourself? I mean, it definitely pushed me to be a better person because, you know, I don't think that I would have embarked on this healing journey had I not had my daughter because okay. I, I feel that I don't think I would have realized how much trauma I had yeah. or like how stuck in the victim mentality I was in. Um, I mean, maybe at one point I would have gotten there, yeah. but I, you know, I, I feel that she definitely, you know, having her definitely, you know, kickstarted things for me um but you know do I do things that I want to do all the time no obviously not because I do have kids but the way that I see it is like this is just a season of life right now like my season of life right now is to be a mom and to be the best mom that I can for these kids they're gonna grow up they're gonna have their own lives and then at that point I can do what I want with my yeah. life. And I don't see it as like a way of them, like holding me back or anything because they're my kids and, and I love them and I was chosen to be their mother, you know? And so that's my priority right now. That's my season of life and everything else will just kind of fall into place. I absolutely love that. Honestly, this is <laughs> the nicest conversation. We <laughs> have a little closing tradition, right? So a rose, a bud, and a thorn. Your rose is something that you are obsessed with in life right now. It's going like chef's kiss. It's amazing. Your bud is something that you're currently working on. And your thorn screams hot mess, up in the air, probably imperfect, fucked up, just shitness. (laughs) Okay. 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 Let's do rose first. So something that's going really well my rose um no man (laughs) (laughs) now my brain is like right it's late here this is my bedtime (laughs) Um, I'm gonna say my rose right now is is just like motherhood but in terms of like you know, because my husband is working a lot and he's also going to nighttime school at the same time. Um, and my daughter's in school and everything. So like managing my schedule with my kids, still spending time with them, still finding time for myself. My house is still clean. We still have food on the table. Like (laughs) how I manage all that. I don't know, but that's going to be my, my bros. (laughs) Yes. Love Um, that. My, my butt is going to be, um, well, obviously my, my social anxiety, okay. um, and just like not caring what other people think of me. Cause people are probably more worried about themselves than they are about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thorn, uh, I'm going to say the laundry that's piled up <laughs> in my garage right now. 
I have probably like three loads that I have to do and two that I need to fold. And I'm always a hot mess because I always forget to change it from the washer to the dryer. And so I always have to redo the loads like two, sometimes three times. (laughs) Washing is my Um, worst job ever. Everything is clean. Everything else in my house is clean. But the laundry, I just fall behind. And somehow I haven't been able to figure out how to get that in my schedule but one day one day one day it's on the list yeah. <laughs> well yeah. honestly that has been so amazing I'm so glad we've finally third time lucky been able to, yes. to get on and have this conversation tell mm-hmm. everyone where they can find you what your podcast is your Instagram all of those things so I am um, Mothering Anxiety Podcast um, you can find my podcast on Anchor Spotify Apple Podcast Google podcast um, and iHeartRadio. And then on Instagram, I'm just under Mother and Anxiety Podcast. I just restarted a TikTok, but there's no videos on there, but eventually there will be <laughs> when I find the time to do that. Um, but that is also under Mother and Anxiety Podcast. Um, and then I do have a website, which is just www.motheranxietypodcast.com. So very fairly easy to remember <laughs> all of them. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. No worries. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time. I hope you absolutely loved that episode. How good was that? She's amazing. Um, Just jumping on to let all of you lovely ladies know that we have the Sober Hun Society membership launched to the full right now. You get access to an online library. Think of it as the fucking Netflix of personal development and growth, right? You get a fortnightly drop of courses, meditations, journal prompts, trainings, masterclasses. You will never run out of areas to work on. This is fucking insane. You also get access to a live monthly group session. We've just had the first one on Sunday and honestly, insane. We did like a workshop style, but they will change every month. Some will be group coaching sessions, hot seat coachings. We're going to have some guest guest experts, workshops, all of that jazz. Then you've got the group Voxer, the literally the girls chat that you never knew you needed. Support from every single member in the group at any time during the week. And then on Tuesdays is bottomless Tuesdays. I'll be dropping in to give you some coaching over Voxer, anything that you need to ask, work through. I will be there holding your hand along the way of this incredible journey. Then the fourth aspect of this already incredible fucking membership is the monthly in-person sober socials. This membership is not about forcing people to go sober. It's for the sober, the sober curious, the soberish, the not so sober, and the trying to be sober and failing. <laughs> Basically, it's for any woman who is tired of spending every single weekend getting on the piss, tired of spending her time and energy on things that actually don't make her feel good, you know, binge watching Netflix, scrolling through TikTok, all of these things that chip away at the mind and don't actually allow you to consume things that elevate you. We're going to nip those in the bud with this membership. This membership is about spending your time and energy on shit that makes you feel good and that is going to allow your mind to expand. $66 a month, no lock-in, and we've got our first sober social in a couple of weeks. So if you are interested 
get to the Instagram. Link is in the bio. It's the Grow Glow code, the growglow.co. And I will see you in there, girls. Have a wonderful day. Love you all. 